Awesome nerds, and welcome to D&D and TV, the weekly podcast where we watch and we'll recap television shows we really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concept, and characters could be used in different role-playing games. I am your host, Jeremy Tallerman, and I am joined by my co-host, Danny Calamari, and there's no clever introduction this week because we're doing a wrap-up episode. Woo-woo. Hey, Danny. Hello. <laughs> yeah, it's much funner when it's like no, no little bit to come up with. Um, I wrap up episodes and my opportunity to kind of relax and just, just talk and read out all these awesome questions that, um, that people have come in and also to be like, oh my God, we got through it. Yeah. Oh, oof. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it was only five weeks. Oh, I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how much of this mm -hmm. I could have done if it was a longer show. (laughs) This was. Yeah. A struggle for me not 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 recording these i'm, I'm fine wondering. recording these the show itself. no no <laughs> i'm wondering like if it had been a show like the classic incredible hulk like the old bill bixby version mm-hmm. where maya's left and she's got like this vague i'm going to get the kingpin network so i'm going to different locations where i've got some old friends or family but each time like someone shows up or someone's after her and it slowly builds over like 12, 20 episodes until the stuff with the Kingpins, the final three episodes. Like, do you think that like it was more of a adventure of the week sort of show? Would you, do you think you'd have enjoyed that more? I think I would have enjoyed almost anything more than more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be fully honest with you, <laughs> it's. <laughs> I th- that's fair. I think that's fair. I love shows that are bad, and I love shows yeah. that are great. Obviously, it's actually yeah. sometimes worse when it's dead in the middle. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. When it's just nothing. When it's just nothing, and that's kind of what it felt like for me. Because I'm not calling this show terrible and bad like there's nothing Hmm. good in it but for me it felt boring and like there was i didn't like the way things wrapped up and certain things like that so if it was bad bad i could at least laugh (laughs) at it yeah if this was just beige yep absolutely yeah that oh marvel go watch echo guys you're not hitting yeah go watch echo it's great (laughs) <laughs> You've already watched Echo. That's why you're in a wrap-up yeah, episode for Echo. Yes. Yeah. You all know what you're, you're doing with this. Why would you not? You all enjoyed it. You were stuck around for, for five epi- five weeks for this stuff. <laughs> um, uh, I feel it. I was going to say, I, I feel like maybe it'll work better if they're releasing it week to week. No, it wouldn't have. No. Like, that would have made it even worse. Um. I'm kind of glad they just dropped it all at once. I think they, they knew that as well. To. Which, it's such a shame. Alakwa Cox, great actor. Like, Vincent D'Onofrio, great actor. Like, really good casting mm-hmm. for all of them. And just kind of let down by the the stuff of it all. Yeah. And that's like, that is the disappointing thing. Because you want to say good things about all of it and praise it because of the actors, because you know that they've got the chops for it, but they, what they're yeah. given, the material that they're given to work with just doesn't, doesn't help them. Like it makes, it can make them look like bad actors when you know they're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the best example of a, ba- a a great actor getting delivered or given bad lines and mess or I'm talking about Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. This is what the problem was. Like Hayden Christensen, great. Natalie Portman, great. Directed by George Lucas, not so great. Yeah. And it's even like, yeah, recently Uh, people realizing that Hayden Christensen's actually a good actor. He can he can Yeah. I mean he won awards. (laughs) Life of the House, that was a great movie. It was Life of the House. I don't know. I can't remember. (laughs) Good on him for getting out of that the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um um, all right. Well, I don't think we need to say what did we think of the series altogether. But let's start off with a question. I, this is the one I always ask. Do you think D&D is right for this this um, show? No. Would you, would you base an adventure on this, this show? 
Um, no, not definitely not D and D. Interesting. Okay. I think we've talked about it in one of the previous episodes or a few of them. Definitely closer to maybe the Marvel multiverse game. Yep. Um, I just well, well done to them on that then. Yep. For making the Marvel multiverse <laughs> game easily able to adapt a Marvel property. Yep. It's, it's main function. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think the story itself. I don't think lends itself super well to a your typical kind of D and D adventure. Um, mm. Especially, obviously, being a show based around a singular character always makes that difficult. Um, but I don't know. It didn't feel... I don't know what the right word is. Exciting enough, maybe, for a typical D&D one. It's a talky show, which I expected anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's very roleplay heavy, and it didn't really have much when it came to checks or combat. Yeah. Like, you can have D&D where it's not those things, but that is the crux of D&D mm-hmm. most of the time. That's the, the point where it all comes in. I just realized that I basically said what um what one of our questions was. This was um one that came in on on um on email from MCU ASL WYD. Um, which was, what are some ways to tell a story like this in an RPG? Do you think D&D is too limited to have a story that focuses so heavily on internal conflict? Uh, so I guess we're answering that now. Yeah. Um, I think, again, yeah, D&D, I, D&D can be good for focusing on stories that have internal conflict. Um, this show itself, though, I think... Like, it's all, like, set in the one location as well. Um, yeah. Like you were saying, with the, the action... It's um, it doesn't feel like it would fit within your typical D and D, um, what's the word action economy or whatever? Like you talking about it being more simple, yeah, yeah. Um, which the Marvel multiverse RPG is a lot of it based on reactions. Mm. Um, like it's more snappy. I don't know. It feels like that fits better. Honestly, I do think that the Marvel multiverse RPG. Let's just call it. The Marvel RPG, because yeah. I know there's other ones, but I don't want to say MMORPG all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, is I think is ideal, yeah, for this, because looking looking at that game, it is very much about quick bursts of combat and then role playing. Like it's a lot of storytelling because there isn't too much outside of those things. There's not a great deal of skill checks outside of combat. They're pretty basic based on the stats. There's not too many rules for other things. You just kind of say, yeah, that's where you are now. You get to this place in time because that's what the story is going to dictate. And that's kind of what we had in this. Things just kind of happened, but people went and talked to people when it was necessary. It was a lot more about those interactions between those characters Mm -hmm. and then short little bursts of violence when they got into a situation that required it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... I don't think D&D is too limited to have a story like this, Um, but I think the the Marvel role-playing game is perfect for for this sort sort of story. Yeah. That you don't... You do kind of set up all the pieces for the sequences you want. Like you want that scene in the roller rink. So you set up an encounter to get into that roller rink so everyone can do things there. Yeah, exactly. And 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 the final sequence with the the rocket launcher on top of the RV and the the monster truck crushing the the vans. <laughs> like you put all the pieces in play and then you say this is the situation. What do you as players do with it? Yeah, it's not quite a everything flows on from everything else and everything's got consequences. It's more like these are set things that will occur, and you have an opportunity to do something about it. Yeah, it's not. It's I guess this isn't the right word, but the Marvel RPG is a l- little more montagey, I guess, than yeah D and D is. Not that it's like fully properly set out to be a montage s game, but. It, it is, I don't know, it does feel like a bit more, this is this scene, now we're on to this scene, where D&D is a lot of the in-betweens as well. 
It's um because I feel like D and D doesn't necessarily have to be the in between. It's like you can just go from one scene to another. You yeah, can, if you want to play it that way, you can be like, you go into a dungeon, you go around some corners, and there's a room with goblins. How do you react? Cool, you've killed the goblins. You go on some more. You can go left or right. You can sort of just break it down to the choices without any of the role playing. Yeah, if you really true. want to, or just have only the role playing and none of the combat. But that I feel when you get that, it's like, well, you're not experiencing all of what D&D is doing. So you may as well look to another game where it's just the things you want. Yeah. And I, th- I think the it, Dungeons & Dragons doesn't really serve that type of game style that well, where the Marvel RPG seems to be built more... Like, the, the rest of the functions of that game seem to line up better with scene to scene. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. So everyone check out the uh, the Marvel Multiverse RPG. It's really fun. Yeah. The errata is um helpful. <laughs> but it's already out. It's been out for what, six months and they've had to do two errata updates. That's never a good sign. But they're bringing out a lot of stuff, honestly. So there's a um a, a starter kit coming pretty soon, if I remember correctly. Um all right, let's get on to the next question. This one came in from Instagram, um, from at Ghost Hands Job Seeker. Um Yep, I read that correctly. I definitely didn't um, put an extra S in. Uh, which was, how would you stat out the kingpin for D&D? Ooh. Like I've, I actually have thought about this before because I like something about kingpin. I really like the idea of being like this big albino bugbear <laughs> like in D&D and that shady businessman in the town who's just like yeah look i'm reformed i'm i'm fine i used to be a, a bandit out in the woods but now i'm good but he's also got a sledgehammer that he just uses as a cane he's like no it's because i'm so big but no he uses that sledgehammer to break kneecaps yeah like i that's a character that i have in my back pocket ready to go if people need a mob boss um but yeah stat blocking that's that's a tricky one like He's got to have some pretty high strength. Mm-hmm. He's got to have pretty high constitution and and intelligence. Do you reckon... I reckon charisma is his dump stat. Yeah. Charisma would be his dump stat. So are we talking about building him as a... As like a, an enemy I think build block? him as a, like a, a, a villain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as an enemy, okay. yeah. I mean, we could build him as a character, but it, what is an enemy but a character that the game master runs? <laughs> no, as a as a monster, shall we say? As a monster, he could. You could do something like: Have you played? Have you played um, Spider Man on the PS4 or PS5? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Okay, he's. I will get to it eventually. He's very hardy in that one. He can like run through walls mm. and break things and can take a proper punch from Spider Man. Jesus. Yeah. How does he how does he run through walls? He's not the rhino. Well, he's it's more the comic Kingpin, I guess, where he's Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was gonna say if you go by that, you could do a whole like get like your triceratops stat block. And go Yeah. <laughs> And base it off. He's just that. this triceratops on two legs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just have this charge attack and these big. Um, uh, the triceratops has a gore attack. You could use the cane for that if it's like can stab or whatever. Um, I like that. Yeah. yeah, I think you might have to increase the intelligence a yeah, little no, bit. One hundred percent. Yeah, use those ones you need to change. <laughs> Don't put that on D and D Beyond because I know people sometimes like just search beast for. Um, for, for polymorph and for things like yes I'm going to turn into kingpin because <laughs> his tag is beast apparently <laughs> see. oh um yeah I I can see that I'd like to see what kind of special abilities you'd give him like if you were just creating him from scratch and not just repainting a um a triceratops to be him oh my god a triceratops kingpin now <laughs> I want to see a triceratops in the suit yeah and like do you know what Something about the fact that it's got horns makes me go, no, no, it doesn't work quite as well. What are those dinosaurs with like that it looks like a very 
very bald pate that they used to slam their heads together as like the mating thing. Oh. Uh, they're smaller though. Oh, what are they called? Anyway, one of those. That would work really well. <laughs> uh, I just tried to look up um, what king, what animal kingpin is in the Spider-Ham universe. Um, I think he's also... Oh, a- wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. Um, he's not going to be a... Sp- he's not going to be a spider. Mm-hmm. Um, King... P- Is he a gorilla? No. Oh. King Pin. Panther? No. No. No, that's too, uh, tailspin. Um, all right, I give up. What is he? Oh, hang on. There's two. The one I was... Oh, there's two King Pins. There was, no, as in, like, from different Earths. Oh, no, he's... Of course. There's two different ways he's been shown. One of them is King Pig. He's just a pig. Um, but the other one was Kong Pin, which was a gorilla. So there you go. I knew it would be a Kong thing. Yeah. I knew it. That's more fun. Uh, a Kong, Kong thing kind of works better. I like that a little as well because it makes like apes being like the most dangerous creature. <laughs> like, even in this world with like no humans, like no, no, but apes are still bad. Um... I feel like he's one where you can... I'd give him action surge a couple of times. Yes. Like, make him a villain. I think that'd be a a surprising thing to allow him to do. Yeah, I... Like, let him dash and then, like, smack someone. Like, no one's going to expect that. I think a big thing for Kingpin is he is still a crime boss. So, some sort of ability where he can maybe call in some goons. Um, Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. Or if it's not calling in goons, then if you're fighting Kingpin and there's goons around, then he has some sort of rally cry or something that empowers them or vice versa. Mm. Maybe Or gives them another action. Yeah, or vice versa. Maybe the more of the goons that are around, the harder he is himself as well. Um, oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. That he like gets a plus one if there's people within 20 feet or something. Yeah, you know, like that thing with video games where it's like, you've got the main boss, but then they've got the little goons and they're all got like lasers pointed at the boss and they're helping shield him more. So if you take out more of the goons, he becomes weaker. That's a, um, yeah. a very common trope in games that you like video games that you can add to, um, something like Kingpin. Cause I think that is important I think that's a- for someone like Kingpin focusing on his actual role. In terms of like being, I think that's a boss. an easy one for of being that yeah, being that boss. Like there's the goblin boss stat block already, which allows them to push another goblin in front of an attack. <laughs> yeah. And like I think just just steal that entirely. Yeah. Like he can use his reaction to push someone in front of the attack that would hit him instead. Yeah. And it's like so he's always got some minions around him just to do that. Uh, but I feel like he's got that like a little bit of unbridled rage in there too. Yeah. So maybe it's like at a certain point in the battle, he's allowed to like take the gloves off and just go berserk essentially and like gets the strength bonus on doubled or something like that. Yeah. And I think the way you would play him as well, if you want to focus on that rage, Kingpin would probably be be better off in the back um, shooting at you or something while the goons are around, but it wouldn't be in his nature to control the rage either. So while it may be the right um, play to... um, like the the right um, tactical play to do that in terms of playing Kingpin, making him run forward out of anger and opening himself up is probably more in the vein of who he is. Yeah. Maybe it's something like at the start of the combat, he's at the back yeah. and like just directs people. And then if someone's able to make it to him or if all the goons are taken out, that's when he charges forward and more goons come in, but he's already hit that point where he's going to be furious. Yeah. I just realized we're making stats for Kingpin. It's not his show. <laughs> no, but he is the big it's bad. It's Echo's show. He's the big bad. Yeah, you want to you want to fight the bad guy. You don't want to fight the good guy, even though yeah. Maya's not exactly a good person. But look, um, all right, let's let's think about what about Maya's stat block as a again as a character think, to attack or I think as an NPC, okay, or possibly as a character. Like I think if you're doing making her a PC, she's a monk. Yep. She's a monk with like some a little bit of the the um, ancestor spirit barbarian in yeah. there. Um, but I think as a, I guess it's maybe not to fight, but maybe as like an ally NPC. Okay. 
Like that works as well, right? Yeah. Um. So, hmm, what's she able to do? Destroy entire buildings with by herself. <laughs> that's a that's kind of her thing. Maybe she could. I'm trying to think out. You could give her hmm. a healing ability, but it's purely just um, instead of like just a base healing, it could be something like um, she can transfer some of her life towards you so it's like there's no actual extra health being given but playing on that life oh, force yeah. transfer thing where um it's just like if you get really hurt and she isn't then she can just give you some extra but she'll get hurt yeah doing so yeah so it, it's basically yeah just a life a reverse life transfer because normally it's the person casting it taking the life away yeah rather than the correct, other way around yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah, I like that idea. That's cool. Um, you um, could also play off, you know, in the final battle in the show, she empowers yeah. her family. Oh, her family. So, yeah. I don't think we talked about that, actually, funnily enough. We didn't, for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to forget it as much as possible. As fun as it was to see Chula, like, smacking some dudes in the face... Um, kid show. It's kind of pointless. Kid show stuff. It felt like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you could base something off that. Some sort of, um, you know, basic empowering ability that I don't know. Maybe gives you advantage on attacks, or um, I don't know. Maybe it gives you if she's a monk and you're basing it kind of off that thing, then maybe it gives mm. you some sort of for a limited time, basic monk feature, like Step of the Wind or something for a round or so, or like a one-off yeah. use. I was thinking something like she can use an action to... Well, she gives up her action to allow other players in a certain radius to do basically monk stuff as a round, like take Step of Wind yeah. or make a, an unarmed strike or something like that. Yeah. But she, yeah, which is... I like that idea because it means that you're opening yourself up, but you're also helping everyone else do it. It makes you more of a conduit for the combat rather than just, I'm a monk, I just kick everyone's ass. Yeah. And it's that focus. Or maybe it just uses key or something like that. Yeah, I think there's a, a few options for that. It's difficult because this isn't what Echo's like in the comics. No, not at all. Like, like her abilities in the comics are that she can copy any moves. Yep that she sees um whereas this is like no no i've got the echoes of my ancestors coming through me you could summon uh, it could a be like trickier. a summoning spirit thing where you summon an ancestor to fight yeah it's like that already exists it's like that's just spirit, spirit guardians. guardians yeah true yeah or i i feel like you could do something like it with a mirror image yeah like, if you go, okay, we're doing this, so I'm going to give myself advantage on this ability because my ancestor is particularly good at mm -hmm. it, but all of my other abilities while I'm using it are a disadvantage. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm that focused now and I'm only channeling into their, their powers. Yeah. It could also just be a simple, like, invoke duplicity, but instead of, like, a duplicate, yeah. it's, like, one of the ancestors. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like a summon familiar or a yeah. conjure woodland beings, and you just like have a stat block for it each answer. You pick the stat blocks of the ancestors you want and just yeah. throw them out at the <laughs> the enemies. But, but hang on, that that turns her into like a Pokemon trainer. Yeah, <laughs> great uncle, great uncle, I choose you. I mean, is, is that not what we do with our ancestors, with our relatives? Is that not how it works? I don't know. I don't know where uh, the um, what's it called? Um, oh my god, I'm blanking on the word. Oh, I don't think I'm the morality of all of that. It's terrifying. Yeah, I don't know about yeah. the morality of the situation like that. Look, if we're going to get the morality of Pokemon, it's mm -hmm. uh, not a great start already. Very true. All right, let's let's answer another. Let's other answer another question. Okay. Um. This one's from Not My Kingpin, uh, which was uh, sent in via email, dndntvpod at gmail.com, uh, which is, how does this series fit into Deadpool 3? <laughs> oh. 
I don't. I don't think it does. Not, not one bit. <laughs> not yet. I mean, I'm hoping Deadpool's going to go into a lot of the TV universes and <laughs> have some um, some some slaughtering going on. That's going to be I fun. Think Deadpool's going to have more to do with things like the old Electra movie. Um, oh yeah, I really, I <laughs> really hope so. Um, I would like to see this Echo meet that Electra. <laughs> I would um I would love if Ben Affleck shows up as Daredevil. Yes, please. That would be wonderful. If you think oh yeah, just yeah, if it was just Ben Affleck being Daredevil. Yeah. And he's still got like the slightly older look to him. <laughs> that he's had in Batman for so often. Yeah. Uh, I think um I'm wondering who else they're getting back now. Or and I think they'll bring new people in like fan casts. I, I think they're going to bring in another Wolverine, like just not one someone that's been Wolverine before, like someone like Daniel Radcliffe, who people have like talked about. I'm thinking Do Gray Scott. Who? Do Gray Scott. He was one of the original cast. I think he was originally cast as Wolverine and had to pull okay. out. Oh, yeah, that would be a really a um, meta enough he... thing for them to do. Yeah. It's like everyone knows who that guy is, right? <laughs> Or if they just went for another Australian famous person, like Chris Hemsworth as Wolverine. Yeah. Oh, I'm... Because he... Surely... He's 6'3", <laughs> Wolverine being like 5'2". Yeah, yeah, Chris Hemsworth. It's fine. Surely Chris Evans comes back as Human Torch. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Ha! See what I did there? Incredible. Incredible stuff right there. <laughs> Yeah, that that was a good one because he was in the Fantastic Four. Everyone who's too young to have actually seen yeah. it. Oh, oh, those movies! That I feel very bad because Jessica Alba and Chris Evans both have incredible chemistry, and having them play brother and sister was not a good no, choice. No, it wasn't. It was not. I actually like, like. Oh, you too. I grew up loving those movies. I know objectively they're not good, but I I do yeah. really love them. <laughs> The first one is okay. The second one hurts. The second one does hurt. The second one does hurt. Yeah. I actually I actually do remember, like, uh, I was such a big fan of Galactus. And then it comes in, I'm like, what do you mean? It's a cloud. <laughs> Where's Galactus? Yeah. It, it was when Mr. Fantastic started Dance dancing. Dancing. I, oh, my. <laughs> yeah. And then they just made Sue, I'm an angry woman. Yeah. I don't like that you've got friends. Mm-hmm. And he's, oh, he's lying to Adria, Andre Brower, may he rest in peace, um, where he's all like, I'm the guy who was like, you're the jock in high school and I'm the, the nerd who's now telling you what to do. And I'm married to this beautiful woman. It's like, oh my God, yeah. please stop looking at Ultimate Universe for I ideas. Know. And that's clearly like, I mean, you can even tell in early MCU, um, in, inspiration mm. was definitely Ultimates and stuff. Um yeah. He felt he felt more like um Hank Pym than Reed Richards. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. But yeah. Fuck you, Hank Pym. With that question though, <laughs> Deadpool three. Yes. I think yeah, will be related more to the older stuff. Um and in particular the stuff that hasn't been looked on fondly. I think more so than um the newer stuff. Even like Nicholas. I was gonna I, say it's good. Sorry, go. Yes, Nicolas Cage oh, yeah. and Ghost Rider. Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider um, is, I think, more likely to show up than Echo. Yeah, I was going to say it's more likely that um, they're going to go back and revisit things that people have seen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> rather than Echo. In fact... No, that's mean. In fact, Echo directly like is definitely going to connect the new Daredevil show. Will, sh- uh, yeah, will good. Echo even show up in Daredevil? Maybe? I hope she does. I'd like that. Like, that seems... That actually seems like a good idea to have a show up in Daredevil. It seems like what they're wanting to do. I would assume that's what they're going to go for. Yeah. I feel like they've... And again, Daredevil's... You can't... Sorry, go. I was going to say, you can't make comics into TV like that. Because you have a character who disappears for like six years and then comes back and everyone's like, I remember them because I can go back and read that comic. It's like, I don't know who that is because the actors age significantly (laughs) and that plot line's no longer on Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. It's the modern world we live in um, now, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. But um, um but yeah. I've heard a I saw, yeah. You you go. I was going to go on a tangent. Oh, I was just going to say. I've decided no more tangents. Daredevil is our first Marvel like MCU show. Um, on Disney Plus, that is a full length show. Um, so they will have more opportunities to um, to add things like other characters and explore like more storylines, I guess, because it is over twenty episodes, I think. I think this could be a great segue into our next question, yeah. which is from uh, Biscuit Spinoff, please. Um, was Daredevil used better here or in She-Hulk? Because I was just thinking, could could She-Hulk get star on on Daredevil? <laughs> I would actually because like that, that wouldn't be expensive at all, um, it could just and be... definitely fits with the gritty street level tone that they're going for. <laughs> it could, it would definitely just be her as Jennifer. Um, I don't know if she'll be in it. I think, I, I think so. Daredevil was used better in She Hulk, which yes, might be sure. controversial for some people who just like the Daredevil that comes in and beats people up. But oh, he was used in She Hulk. <laughs> he definitely was. And yeah, even was. to an extent, I know this seems really dumb, but even he, him being used the way he was in Spider-Man No Way Home, as much as it was definitely just to get an audience reaction, oh. Daredevil, as much I think a lot of people just know him from the show, um, he's really, yeah. really bad at the secret identity thing. <laughs> so bad he's at it. He's really terrible at it. And... In She-Hulk, he's bad at it. Like, she unmasks him very quickly <laughs> in that show. Yep. Um, yep. He should have just let the brick hit Spider-Man in No Way Home because he would have caught it, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. That, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this kid is this kid's very clearly Spider-Man. He could have stopped the brick. In fact, in that scene, his hand is right there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I reckon that was Matt Murdock just showing off and be like, no, no, I'm faster than you. <laughs> Little shit. I've been doing this since I was 14. <laughs> to be honest, I was half expecting Matt Murdock to show up in She-Hulk with the I'm not Daredevil shirt. Um, yes, that he has that'd that. be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think as much as him, his appearance in Echo feels more like how he was in his Netflix show. Um, yeah. him in She-Hulk felt more to me like Daredevil from the comics. Yeah, I agree with that. Where he's a bit of a player. Yes, yeah. And then feels guilty about he's it. He's absolutely a player. Does he go to pray afterwards? Almost definitely, but he's he's absolutely a player. <laughs> you know the walk of shame was directly to a church. <laughs> Oh man, I was reading up a little bit about like Kingpin and and Daredevil and everything. I didn't realize that Daredevil had a magically created twin brother. Oh my god! Oh, I've... hang on. His name? <laughs> don't tell me. It's it's like rhymes with Matt, doesn't it? Or is it Matt? It doesn't rhyme, but it does start with the same letter. It's not Mark. No, no, it's close. What is it? It's um. Do you want to yeah. give up? It's Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike Murdoch. Murdoch. Yes. And just... Oh, comics. <laughs> comics. I just I just love that. It's like, yeah, I'm a guy who managed to get superpowers because when I went blind, that's all right. That's kind of understandable. So now I'm a ninja. Also, I have a magically created twin brother who the kingpin kills because he thinks he's me. Like, okay. What? Hmm. <laughs> what? How are they going to do that in the show? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if uh, if old uh, Mike, Mike, it was Mike, yeah, Mike yeah, Murdoch, yeah. Mike Murdoch's Mike going to show up in uh, the MCU. Just a theory, or maybe he already has shown. Maybe up. it's been Mike Murdoch this entire time. Yeah, I would love. I want to know if if Mike Murdoch is actually able to see. He doesn't have any of the powers either. He's just a non-blind version of, um, uh, or a vi- non-visually impaired version of Matt Murdoch. So every time he's like, no, no, Matt Murdoch can't be dead. Have a look, there's dead level over there. And he can see. It's so funny because he's got the best 
cover like that any superhero has got being yeah. being blind and he just mess and yet. yet he messes it up yeah i don't think there's any superhero who has had well maybe spider-man um, but who has had their identity revealed before the when they actually had secret identities more than Daredevil? <laughs> like Superman had it a lot, but it was always like retconned almost that same issue, mm. and then it just kind of stopped mattering. But Daredevil, it's very much like no, 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 I can't be a lawyer and a vigilante because vigilanteism is illegal. Yeah, it's kind of very illegal. I even I read a Deadpool <laughs> comic where he's fighting Daredevil. And there's a quick scene where Deadpool says something vaguely relating to law. And then Daredevil just assumes that he knows, he's thinking he knows who he is. And he goes, I'm not Matt Murdock. He's like, I don't know who that is. Like, he's like, I didn't never said anything about Matt Murdock. I don't know what you're talking about. He just jumps straight away. It does seem like a lot of the. It does seem like he does that a lot as well. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm I'm not Matt Murdock. It's like, okay. I. Try harder to to prove to you. you Methinks the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> um, there's I, I can't remember what it's from. It might be Comics Alliance. There's a great image of Daredevil typing on a cat as he's can't, he's like I don't know what's happening, <laughs> and I can't remember what it's from. And it is absolutely hilarious. It's like a cutaway gag to be like, and you know Matt Murdock doesn't have touch type, and it's like tap 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 tap. <laughs> <laughs> he's just oh ridiculous ridiculous Matt Murdock he's my favorite yeah honestly. and also very quickly the yellow uh, suit <laughs> great I love that they use yeah. it yeah yeah I mean I liked his use here I think we said yeah. on the episode where he showed up it was that nice way of going here is a bigger world than the story we're telling now. yeah 100% it's utilizing the fact that we are in the MCU um yeah here he is He's rocked up, um, kind of, and because of like the timeline of timing of things, connects this show to She-Hulk, which is the latest thing that he's been in, um, which yeah. clearly connects to Hulk, which connects to the Avengers. So it is that kind of connective tissue that they like doing, um, and yeah, it's yeah, it was good without like it didn't feel like just a quick cameo. It felt it mm. felt fun. That scene with him was fun. Um, it felt realistic for what she was doing at the time and what he would have been doing yeah, at the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it didn't feel like a shoehorn cameo of like, oh, look, and Daredevil's here, everybody, and now he's gone because he doesn't play a role in this. It's like, no, if she's in New York and doing Kingpin-related stuff, Daredevil's going to show up at some point. Yeah. Like, it'd be weird for him not to. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like that. All right, let's move on to the next question. Um, all right. Send me a no prize. Um, this one being emailed in was, was Echo, I'm talking, assuming they're talking about the series rather than the character, was Echo a one shot adventure or a short series of linked adventures in a campaign? That's a, that's a good question. Thank you. Send me a no prize. We will send you a no prize. Um, what, what do you reckon? Do you reckon it was just one long shot spaced out over five weeks or was it, well, that is kind of a short linked campaign or was it just them sitting down once and that's like all the little montages we saw were downtime or was it a couple of different adventures stringed together? Um, ooh. I think maybe a one shot or... Yeah, I'm thinking a one shot as well. Or like a double thing where like literally two sessions maybe at most yeah no i i was thinking one shot like it's what five hours Mm -hmm. overall if we're thinking of how long the actual watching time takes but i feel like yeah it's basically gone you're playing you're playing maya lopez and she's going back to her hometown we're just gonna and she's gonna have a villain to fight but it's all gonna be role play yeah and yeah, it's just a, a one session adventure. Yeah. Or yeah, I think yeah. Or with the way that the MCU's maybe going to go with the with the ground level stuff, it is essentially one shots that you do for each 
player before a campaign. Yeah. It's like you've read the next question. Oh, whoops. <laughs> this one's from uh, Scully is my bay. Um, which says, could this work as a backstory adventure with other players taking the roles of notable NPCs in the main character's past? And yep. yeah, I think that's exactly what we could, yeah. you could do with it. Um, that would work really well. I love that idea. It's the main way. That it would, would work, be exactly like that. To be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. That you have that. It's a session zero for each player before you have the big Avengers group adventure. Yeah. That'd be really cool. I do like that idea of everyone like you're the you're the main character in this one shot we're playing, but everyone else, you're you get to choose how you're connected to them. So you you're Henry, you're her uncle, who, you know, you're a little bit dodgy sometimes, but you believe in her. You're playing Biscuits, who's her cousin, who's a complete fuck up, but really funny. That kind of yeah. Uh, you're Bonnie, who's also her cousin and has a weird vibe with her. <laughs> Here's a question. Is Chula a character or an NPC? NPC. I'm thinking character. Really? Yeah. I, like one of the other players at the table, obviously. Okay. But I'm thinking like someone, it's not just the game master playing Chula. Scully? Yes, that's game master central. Yeah. Like no one, no one flirts like Scully unless it's a game master. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like Chula was uh, someone else at the table who's just like kind of having their own story and, and clashing with the um, the main character. Mm. Yeah, I guess um, yeah. the actor of... What's the cousin's name again? Not the actor, sorry. The, oh, uh, Biscuits. No, I, I haven't checked. Um, oh, Bonnie. Bonnie. So, so I meant the player. The player playing Bonnie. Oh, yes. The player, the player pl playing yeah. Echo. Probably in a relationship in yeah. real life. And trying to play cousins and not yeah. to turn off the chemistry on the weed. Yeah. Or turn off the drama. It's like, why didn't you come yeah. back? It's like, okay, just, just you're at a seven. We need you at a two. <laughs> uh, have you ever tried having those session zeros um, with like one player? Or do you do a session zero and just like have a little scene with each one? Um, I've done session zero where it was... Um, Oh, it, the plan ended up changing, but it was going to be like two players. Um, it ended up being three of them at, in a five-player campaign. Um, yep. For so that was like their kind of backstory to lead into the main campaign, and then, you know, scheduling and stuff. But things were, things happened. But I was going to do one a session zero with the yeah. other two players as well. Um, so I have I've also had once um, I had a. Um, there was a kind of a big moment in the campaign and a player couldn't be there. Um, so what we did, her character actually went away um, for that session and everyone did their thing. Um, and then before we had the next game, uh, I did a one shot just with the single player that wasn't there to play through what she did when, the other, when she was away. Um, to connect it. That's a good one. I love that kind of solo aspect. Yeah. It. It, um, it became a bit intense. She ended up playing because she had a bunch of characters that she had like played before that were in this world. So it was a kind of dungeon mm. crawl with all of her characters. She, I asked her if that's what she wanted in terms of like juggling all of that, but she did. She had like three <laughs> player characters or whatever it was um, within the dungeon. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, she did well. They, they all survived. But um, but it was it was a that feels like a lot of lot to put on them. No, oh, absolutely, that wasn't the plan. Uh, that's why I asked, and then she was no, it never is. <laughs> but she was like, "Yeah, I'll go for it." I'm like, "All right, let's do this." Um, but yeah, it kind of just helped. It connected <laughs> back to what she was doing there, so it wasn't just randomly. Oh, she's gone for this really major thing. Like it, it helped move the plot along as well introduced a kind of side plot that i was actually struggling to introduce so it was good it came in through there mm -hmm. um but yeah it can mm -hmm. work it can work with a uh, single main player um well i single player stuff has been fun i did it once in a curse of stride game okay where um they the player 
decided, like, had fallen in love with a, a um, an NPC at a point and decided, started kidnapped the NPC and they're like, no, no, I'm getting them back while everyone else is doing another mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, all right, well, we'll do a short little Facebook Messenger game and it's just going to be you inf- trying to infiltrate the castle. Yeah. And it was good because I'd already got all the stuff for the for Castle Strad von Zarevich, um place. Ravenloft, that's what mm-hmm. it's called, Castle Ravenloft. <laughs> I know that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I already knew where everything was and I could just lead them through yeah. And because it was just one person, it was very much more of that infiltration. What are they going to do? And at a certain point, they're going to reach a point. It's like, all right, cool. You would die here, but now you're going to get captured and brought back to the place where you started. Yeah. Like you're just going to be kid put in a box and they're going to go, ha ha, look what we have for you. Enemies of Strad kind of, kind of aspect. But it did also give them an opportunity to follow their character path. Yeah. Um, I'm remembering another time that, I was a player in this case where we split the party, which is never a good mm-hmm. sign. But two of us went into some sewers and the rest went around the city to speak with an army. And we basically had a separate session with me and the other player and one others that came in as an NPC. And I think I prefer that for session zeros where you've got two or like, let's say you've got a party of six. You have three players and three players who come because that immediately forms a little bond between those players and it feels like they've got that history that they would have yeah yeah that 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 is definitely my preferred thing if we if you're talking about the like one shots as the session zeros and stuff like with like two or three players depending on the size of the campaign to have them yeah to build those relationships because that is the more important thing because backstories can be they don't have to be played through um, but yeah, connecting the players and the, the characters and stuff is more important because they're that's the relationships that are going to matter the most. Yeah, I remember one where I didn't have a session zero for a character. This is one of the first games I, I kind of joined with strangers, mm-hmm. but another player at the table who I didn't know was also bringing a new character in that time. Okay, so we said, all right, cool. So our characters are friends, and that's why they're both coming in. And it already created that. Great. They know each other. So I'm going to connect with that character and be doing stuff with them. Yeah. As, as an aspect to it. Yeah. That's always, it is good um, to have um, preset relationships between some characters. I think you can always add some real fun, yeah. um, real fun role play to, um, to the sessions and to how you even interact between all the characters. And it changes the dynamic a lot sometimes. I remember one, um, what was it? I I had a a character, this was just like a random session of like paid players, but none of them really knew each other. And one of them was playing a half-orc and another was playing a human and decided to play a bit older. And they just, I just said, so half-orc is, is that human your dad? He's like, yes, (laughs) but he doesn't know it. And I don't know. He knows it, but I don't. And for the rest of the game, he's like trying to come up with the right time to tell this this half orc barbarian. Um, I think I'm your dad. <laughs> he eventually did, just as he got knocked down to zero hit points, <laughs> and it was just that moment of "I'm your father" <clears throat> and dead. And it's like, and that's when the rage kicks in. <laughs> like, yes, story tell. Uh, um, I think we're going to wrap it up there. That's all the questions we yeah. had regarding echo um thank you so much for writing in and thank you danny for joining me on this adventure thank you i've enjoyed being on this adventure in terms of recording this podcast this show was yes it was a show marvel did it congratulations it's true they did (laughs) uh well hopefully you'll enjoy the next show that we talk about in two weeks time a little bit more which the next show everyone hears the announcement (laughs) it is avatar the last airbender the 2007 animated series oh yeah we're going right back to the water tribe and soccer and Korra, not Korra, Korra's in the next one. Soccer and katara and ang and zuko we're gonna have so much to say about zuko i'm sure later yeah, it's like, ignore that. We'll get, we'll get to it. I'm too excited. But if 
It's too exciting. It's so, it's so close. So close. Uh, but if you would like to watch along with us, uh, get Netflix or just grab all the DVDs that you no doubt already have. Um, but also tune in, subscribe, listen in two weeks when that series starts. Um, stay safe. Be kind to yourselves. Come over to... <laughs> I'm already signing off. I've got other stuff to say. Danny, where can people find you online? Uh, That's, let's throw it over to you. People can find me on Instagram at danny.calamari. Um, you can also find me on the live stream Let's Roll for Dragons on Twitch on Wednesdays. Uh, yes. yes. Um, th- Did you say 6, 6, 6 p.m.? 6 p.m. That's not, 6 PM not forever. That's just a mini campaign for now anyway. Um, yeah. I'll be there. I'll be playing a ranger. Uh, and hope- hopefully still, you know, I could be dead. <laughs> the, the character who knows who knows who knows our last game we fought a kraken this is the way of and D&D. we barely barely survived so you know we'll see what level are you five and you fought a Correct. kraken and you barely survived how many of okay, all right, I, maybe i just need to watch this, <laughs> this show everyone should watch this show and write in to uh let's roll for dragons but also write into this podcast and tell us how much you like us which is dndntpod at gmail.com like all these wonderful people who wrote in to ask questions about this podcast you can also find me on instagram where at, um at talaman 83 that's t-a-l-u-m-i-n 83 uh all the podcast is at dndntvpod we are brought to you by masters of alchemy the premier game mastering service in melbourne uh come along to mastersofalchemy.au to see all the cool events that are coming up but you can also find us at fortress emporium uh to running dungeons and flagons every sunday where danny and i probably run games for you and danny can show you his crabs I, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> I certainly have grabs the No show. explanation. <laughs> Zero context. Um, but until then, until next time, stay safe, be kind to yourselves, and may all your hits may be crits. all your hits be crits. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.